the gates and ready to go. Hot Mike with Hunt and Withrow underway on this Tuesday edition. Hope everyone had a great holiday weekend. Glad you're with us on the network, which includes our YouTube channel. Streaming live there, and you can join us in the chat. Just search out OutKick. We hope you'll subscribe. You can catch all things on demand there. Uh, if you're listening to this great radio partner, we say thank you. John McClain will join us, as he does each and every Tuesday. Plus, Bill Bender of the Sporting News and Chad Withrow, not in uh, this week. Final week of the year. Uh, he is in Nebraska today. And much like Chad, Kelly Stewart is here making the show much better. Kelly in Vegas, welcome to Nashville. Hey, thank you. Beautiful studio down here, downtown Nashville. I'm happy to be here. So like the description of 6th and Peabody does not do it justice, right? Like the campus is what I call it. It's massive. Well, okay. So I needed the address from the Uber for the airport and you had not responded. So then Chad responded and he goes 6th and Peabody. Yeah, thanks, Chad, that you can't put in 6th and Peabody. So I pull up in the Uber and I'm like, oh, wow, this place is gorgeous. Yeah, you called and said, where do I enter? Yeah, there, there's like eight, eight, nine doors. There's a yeah. backyard. There's, I mean, this place is incredible. Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. You can find it right here uh, in uh, Kelly's here through the week. Kelly from Nash Vegas is what we'll say uh, this week. Uh, uh, hope the holiday weekend was great in Florida. Uh, it rained. So that's my complaint. Rained here you too. Know, when, it rained when, everywhere. When it's not the sunshine state, I have complaints about Florida. Otherwise, no complaints. Okay. Uh, a lot of complaining about the NFL Ooh. right now. Uh, we... I am trying to be a, I am a truth seeker right now uh, across the NFL. I want to know who's legit and who's not. And throughout the week, maybe we can try to decipher this. But Kansas City, and uh, I, I know you're right on board with this. Kelly, Kansas City is not legit right now. I think Kansas City is inherently broken right now. And I know a lot of Chiefs fans. I grew up in Kansas. And right now they're in a little bit of a, what I call a denial period. Yeah. And understandably so. When the bar is set over the last, what is it, four years, five years now, to win Super Bowls or not, right? Or to at least make They're it deep into there. the playoffs. I mean, Mahomes has never played a road game in the postseason. That is just absolutely wild to consider. You're, you're so right, because we're going to get into the Cowboys later on, and yeah. they can't seem to win a game on the road, but you're, you're right. We don't know if the Chiefs can win well, well, a game on the road. I don't know if they can win at home. I don't think they're built to win at home. Here's the problem. A couple of years ago, we complained about the Chiefs' defense, but Patrick was able to outscore yeah. his opponents. He made incredible plays. He had receiving cores that were, well, guys like Tyreek Hill, right? Uh, you know, when you lose key players like that, it seemed like last year they didn't miss a beat. Now, all of a sudden this year, we even had Travis Kelsey really start to throw in his helmet and there's frustration. Maybe, maybe we got to talk about him retiring because he <laughs> sure mentioned that his body is not feeling the greatest. And uh, this is what Gronk did too. Gronk threatened to retire because he was going to be traded to Detroit. That, that was that saga. Then he uh, turned around and right. stayed in new England. Um, and then after that, he stepped away. Then he joins Brady again in Tampa. Um, many think he's going to come back. He's done now. I oh, believe yeah. that now. But Kelsey's got the podcast going. He's got Taylor Swift going. And 85,000 uh, different commercials. I mean, between yeah. he, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, uh, you kind of have to wonder how much focus they have. I think the focus is there. I just think the trust isn't there. So taking a look at their wide receiving core, they're throwing that fourth down pass yesterday to Tony, Kadarius Tony, who's been awful, awful, awful. drop passes, uh, galore. Uh, Mahomes has a career high 14 picks right now. 
Um, and some of that's on him. He's it, throwing some bad passes yesterday. Absolutely, but you but would the have receivers to, aren't helping him. Correct. And there's a couple. I think uh, was it against the Patriots? One was his fault, and one was definitely the receivers' fault. Yeah, but and that was the one game they actually won. They've, they've lost. They've lost what four of six. They three have. of their last four, and that's. Uh, I think it's inevitable. We're going to see Kansas City on the road, uh, especially after Baltimore's win yesterday, and we are going to see the Chiefs that can't. They're not reliable running the football. Mahomes has been a magician at times trying to bail them out and normally does. Like yesterday, I kept waiting on that moment where they're going to climb back in. It's 20 to 7. Uh, they elect to go for it with like nine minutes left in the fourth, whatever it was. They don't get it on uh, fourth and goal there. They get the ball back. They do get the touchdown. And I'm thinking, okay, this is where they go beat the Raiders. No. I mean, they, they, they don't have those alphas now. It's Mahomes and Kelsey, and that's it. Um, banged up now on the offensive line receivers that you just can't trust. I mean, Justin Watson isn't someone I want to see catching touchdowns, you know? And, and I think, I also think, Kelly, the, the COVID cap year really affected them because a lot of general managers and cap analysts, they anticipate the cap always rising. And in the NFL, it does. The revenue's always up. Um, the TV deals, the new TV deals are, are, are about to kick in. Uh, that affects the cap. The players get 49.5% of that. COVID year, the cap went down. Revenue was down. Yeah. And a lot of teams, many teams, had to cut players or not re-sign certain players because the cap went down and they didn't allot for that whenever they were given extensions two or three years prior. I think that affected what they did at wide receiver, and I think they overvalued certain players because Mahomes and Kelsey have been so good. That's kind of the issue that we've seen with several NFL teams. When you pay yeah. your quarterback – that amount of money. We started to see it this year, I thought, with the Bengals, with Joe Burrow. Obviously, with him being hurt and yes. so forth. But there's a reason why Brock Purdy doesn't make a million dollars a year, and that's because San Francisco can't afford to pay him any more well, money. Well, they can't. They, if they wanted to, they couldn't pay Correct. him, though. Because he can't get the extension until after next year, based on the rookie deal. Mahomes is about to get a, another raise. He'll be the new highest paid, and he should be the highest paid quarterback, based on his track record. Um, he'll be above Burrow on average per season. Point being, though, I, th I think the the receiver, the receiving core on who they've lost, and it's not just Tyreek Hill. Um, it, it's just the average to a just above average players that are either playing in New England or now they're playing uh, out west. Like they've lost some talented players that were were a part of their nucleus, a part of their core role players. That now you just key in on Kelsey, and that's what Vegas did yesterday. They lit him up. Yeah, it was. I mean, double t you double team Travis Kelsey yeah. and. You've basically taken out what Mahomes has as his backup plan. At any point in time, he knew he could go to Kelsey. The reason why I use Tyreek Hill as an example is because I do think he's probably one of the more valuable players oh, on yeah. any team. And we didn't know that until he went to Miami. Now we see what a plug-and-play guy he really is. And the Chiefs don't have that. But even without him that first year, they won the Super Bowl. They did, and that's what I meant. So at first it but was they like... they still lost some players, you know? like it, It's tough. Again, they've got to go out and... They definitely need to draft somebody, and they probably need to draft a couple of linemen because Patrick is, like you said, a magician. He's able to scramble. He makes plays out of thin air, but he only has so much ability. He needs more right, time. Right. I mean, you're, teams are beating Kansas City by scoring 20 points now. That's crazy. Crazy. At, going into like week 12 or, or week 13, the Bears had scored more points than Kansas City in total. That's also just nuts considering what Chicago's done this year. So they've got issues. I don't think this is a team built to win on the road, even though they can play defense. They can't score. 
and they they turn the football over at a high rate. I I just don't see them doing very much in the postseason. I see some turnover and some uh, adjustments being made. They also lost Bienemy, although I still think it's yes. more Andy Reid. Um, I, I don't believe that they're going to fix the issues. They did last year. They start slow, and then they, they, they've been able to, to put it together. That's not Kansas City this year. Philly, though, I do believe in, and I know you don't buy this. The Philadelphia Eagles win. They put up 400-plus total yards. They score 33 points. I understand it's against the Giants. I understand that the win, uh, breaking that three-game slide, there is a bit of a hollow feeling to it based on the fact that they turned the football over twice. They allow 15 points off those turnovers. But unlike Kansas City, I like the fact that Philadelphia can run for 88 yards on 15 carries in the fourth quarter. They can put up two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Jalen Hurts is one of the best leaders in the league. I love his mentality, his, his the way he, he handles himself, win or, or lose post-game and throughout the week uh, with the accolades that are thrown his way. And uh, unlike Mahomes, they have Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, who I think will come, I mean, they will come through. I, I think that they'll fix things, even though there is this weird dynamic where they change defensive coordinators in week 15. Matt Patricia's now calling plays. There's something off, but I believe that Philly fixes it, unlike my doubts about KC. I'm not sure Philly can fix it. They actually remind me very much so of last year's Minnesota Vikings. If you remember, Minnesota was 11-0 in one-score games, and everybody said they were the biggest frauds on the planet. Here we are one year later. Obviously, Sands, Kirk Cousins, a little unfair there. But it is rather interesting to see what last year's Super Bowl losers have really been able to not do defensively. I mean, their secondary is getting lit up. Depending on who they're going to end up facing in the playoffs, I think is going to be either a benefit or a detriment to them, and there's no in-between. Because if you can exploit that secondary, it's going to be a long day. And I agree with you. I like Jalen Hurts. I do think he's a good leader. He does have some really great weapons around him. He has one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Those guys are, I mean, they do anything for him. They are ready for him in the trenches. So that is the plus side. But from a metrics perspective, from a gambling perspective, I have been waiting for the bottom to fall out. And it has really started to over the last few weeks, including Yesterday, I actually got to watch a lot more of that Eagles-Giants game. Luckily for me, I was in the kitchen most of uh, the Chiefs game, so I didn't have to watch that one. Uh, that was uh, after Brutal. it was twenty to seven. I was like, I, I, I've got better things to do. But so, but, but with Philly, don't you like with the way the, the way that team is built, and the fact I think that right now they own about ninety percent of the tiebreakers with Dallas because of Dallas's that loss. That would make sense. Um, they're going to host playoff games. Correct. Dallas is going to have to go on the road. I like Philly at home, and I like the way that 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 roster is built to actually back them, unlike KC, the two teams that met for Super Bowl uh, and the trophy last year. So one of the things that we do from a gambling perspective is look at strength of schedule going into the season. And then obviously those things start to change. Okay, we were dead wrong on these teams. We were off a little bit here, or we were correct on this. The, the whole farce of that the Eagles were supposed to play this really tough schedule never came to fruition. The Giants never were as good as they were actually supposed to be. Obviously, uh, Danny Dimes goes down. Then DeVito comes in and shocks a little people. But the, but the Giants still aren't very good. The Cowboys, for a point in time, were playing at that high enough level. And you're right, though. They cannot win games on the road. So I, I have this sinking feeling with Philadelphia that 
they're going to disappoint a lot of their fans and very, very early on in the playoffs. So if you doubt Philly, there's no way you're buying into many teams right now. Like uh, San Francisco, um, they're going on the road this week to Washington after losing to Baltimore. Um, you know, Dallas and, and Philly and the way they're playing, they've helped San Francisco still stay in that number one spot, but they haven't solidified home field. Um Meanwhile, Detroit has been on a slide, but they've been putting it back together. They've won the division. They're back in the mix, and they're playing well. I, I mean, I right now, with the, with the offensive play across the league, I'll take the offenses we're discussing. Kansas City can't put up 20, but on a bad game where you're still not feeling great about Philly, they're putting up 33 points and 450 total yards. I'll take that based on the fact that, well, you have to win in the postseason different ways. And I think Philadelphia can do that. We're going to see. I mean, look, they, they, they play the Cardinals this yeah. week. Then they play the Giants again, which that's right. such a funny scheduling spot. There's a few teams that play those back-to-backs. We saw it with – and it's really tough to beat a team twice, right? So to go into the Meadowlands, to somehow lose that game would be very, very bad for the Eagles. They're going to be double-digit favorites, just like they were yesterday. And they but should I, be. But they should but, be. But, but, but by that point, who knows if Hurts is even playing. Again, like – Well, very true. If they've already locked it up, there's no reason to. But I do think that they will be in a dogfight again week 18 if – there is a need there for everyone to play. I, you ask who I trust. The, the NFL is like the WWE, but that argument is for another day. I don't know if I trust any of these teams. I don't know if that means great things or bad things for the, po- for the postseason. Like uh, a lot of backup quarterbacks are playing. There's a lot of quarterbacks that are starters in week one who suck. You know, like there's only two thirds of the quarterbacks you would actually want to start immediately. Um, and then the others are in quarterback battles and they're the, the starter by default with a young guy behind them. Those guys get hurt. Guys come in. Joe Flacco, who we're going to touch on later, is playing out of his mind, but the Jets didn't even want him. So there's, we're going to see defenses continue, especially, and the refs with the way the defenses are getting calls now. And, and the, again, like some of the most egregious things that I see are not called and the, like the ticky tack penalties at the quarterback. Well, that, for, that can't even bail out offenses right now. Some it's, quarterbacks It's get really tags. bad across the league offensive play-wise. And I, I trust that Philly, with their type of players, they'll put it together. Now, uh, now look at it from this perspective. Dallas, meanwhile, they need to do some damage over the last two weeks. They, they need Philadelphia to continue to be in a spiral, even though they win. Because they, Dallas needs to be at home. That's a huge loss to Miami by the Cowboys because it sets up Philly to host and win that division. Meanwhile, Dallas would have to be on the road. That's that's a detriment to the, the Cowboys who can't put it together. That was a really frustrating um, defensive fourth quarter. If you had any money on the Cowboys whatsoever, if you're a Cowboys fan, if if you have a future on the Cowboys, it's we spoke about all year long how great this Dallas defense was and how things are different, and the, it's still much more of the same. And it's not... It's not something that I can really describe. They are great at home. Prescott is. You know, they're not turning the football over. They're dominating. And they don't have any and, home field advantage. So please explain to me how they're any better well, at home. The, you're right. I mean, there is a... I think the home field is a myth in the NFL. Oh, especially. it absolutely is. College is different. There's a couple of places I might say get a little rowdy. Kansas City, uh, Seattle, uh, Detroit, Ford Field this year yep. has abs- been electric. 
but only when they were really needed to be. Like you're right, college football there is a definite home field advantage. There is. It is it is different. But Dallas, you ever been in a game in Dallas? Yes. I've seen Jason Garrett ice his own kicker twice in <laughs> overtime, and the place was just dead silent. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, it's a lot like uh, from a, a home field there. There's a comfort level, though, that that team has that they don't have on the road. That's fair. And But Miami wasn't beating good teams. No. They did in this case. They beat a playoff worthy and a very good and capable team that can win in the postseason if they're hosting. Miami got the win over Dallas. That's a big win for them, too which we can hit on coming up because they're now two games ahead of Buffalo. Although Miami takes on Baltimore this week with that loss week 18 would be for the division, which is crazy. As long as Buffalo handles new England, more NFL takeaway straight ahead. Hot Mike continues next. We are live from 6th and Peabody with Yaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on. Hutton and Kelly in Vegas. Nash Vegas today. The uh, the flights today were fine for you, but luggage I know was an issue. Luggage claim. Listen. Baggage claim. Uh, I should have not checked a bag for only being here four days, but it's cold here in comparison to what I'm oh, used to. Uh, compared doing, to what you're used to. Doing some shows remote, doing a few shows in studio. Like, you got to have options. And I am such a tomboy <laughs> that I have now hired people to help me with these things. So <laughs> my stylist came over and packed. And what my she God. said you need to bring is what I brought. And then I already trashed the entire suitcase getting ready in the bathroom. But uh, <laughs> it's it's just one of those things. Like, I just need help, okay? We were, we were laughing with our producer beforehand. Like, I just need people to say, this is what you need to do. I'm just too big of a tomboy. What do you want? Well, uh, congrats on uh, choosing a, uh, you know, what you're wearing today without the stylist uh, picking it out for you. No, I actually texted her and I said, oh, you did? Hutton is wearing a light green. Is it okay <laughs> if I wear the dark green turtleneck? She goes, oh, I think that'd be wonderful. What color What color are we wearing tomorrow? Uh, I don't know. I'll text Chad you. Chad and I, we wear the same color a lot, but we don't text about well, it. Well, of course you don't text about it. I mean, there was a day that I had on a bright yellow shirt with clay. Like bright yellow. Yes. And I log in and we're about to go on live and there's Clay and bright yellow. I'm like, I got to change. I mean, Clay cannot be both wearing bright yellow. No bright yellow. Noted. Uh, wear that tomorrow. I will. I'll wear yellow tomorrow. All uh, OutKick uh, fans, you can head over to OutKick.com for, for all things. But starting January 3rd, the only place to catch OutKick's original and fearless shows live. It's going to be on our website, OutKick.com. Uh, you'll be able to catch up on YouTube. But for all of the live unfiltered content, head over to the watch tab. Click that, and you'll see it at Outkick.com. Outkick.com slash watch, your one-stop shop for all things Outkick. Outkick.com slash watch. How worried were you when the official tripped Lamar Jackson for the safety as Baltimore uh, gave up two points there? And the 49ers at that point was, it was a 5-3 game for a while. I know you played this game. I did. And you took Baltimore. You the, were worried. The Ravens were my best You were heavy, bet. right? Oh, I, I, and so this is what I will say. So I always preach um, about bankroll management. So when you say heavy, uh, the most I'll ever have probably on a game is three units. So, for example, I had a unit on the Chiefs, so I had three units on the okay. Ravens. So in comparison to the two games, yes, I had three times on, on that the Ravens. That was your confidence. Yes. Your confidence level. It was, was, my, it was my best bet. But let me tell you, when I gave that on Wednesday, 
and then everything else came around and oh, then the line got to six and a half. And my confidence really started to wane because I had the Vikings on Sunday. And you oh. know, when you bet on a quarterback that throws four interceptions. So by Monday night, I was not feeling the greatest about uh, my, my Ravens bet. I'll say that much. Brock Purdy uh, helps out. You know, you had the, uh, the flip side of this with the yeah, picks. For, I'll take it. For your, your bet earlier. Last night, we watched Purdy throw plenty of them. Late in the fourth, he goes to the sidelines, and we see uh, Darnold come in. I think that was more of a white flag waving than a, an injury concern based on news this morning that it, he should be fine. He's, he, he absolutely knows he has to play better than what he did. But last night was viewed by many as kind of an MVP showdown. Lamar versus Brock. Did Brock Purdy, Kelly, in your mind, drop out of the MVP hunt based on the head-to-head matchup with Baltimore goes on the road and wins against San Francisco, and they claim the best team, quote-unquote, in the NFL title going into the final two weeks of the regular season? Did he drop out? No. But did he drop like a rock? Yeah, he did. I mean, he was a sizable favorite. We even saw a ticket that was purchased uh, at 201 odds. So to think of him as the odds on favorite, going from 201 to minus 125 was miraculous in itself, right? And a lot of people that are in our industry were saying that he didn't deserve it, that he's got all these weapons around him. McCaffrey, yeah. And yeah, he's not even the MVP on his own team. But was he a good game manager? Yes. Was he able to... Uh, have some moments where I thought, okay, this is not the Brock Purdy I watched at Iowa State. He is improving his game. He's making smart decisions. I was very happy with his result last night, obviously being on the other side. But do I think we should punish him that severely for a one-game sample size? I don't. Lamar Jackson now the favorite? He is now the favorite. Chris McCaffrey's still hanging out in second. Lamar is one of those guys where last year, if you remember, we were just talking about big contracts in the last segment. Even Baltimore was saying maybe they didn't want to pay Lamar, right? So I've got some good friends that are within the organization, and they said, well, Lamar doesn't want to eat healthy. Lamar doesn't want to do some of these other things. Lamar doesn't want to spend the time. He gets hurt all the time. that, that, That he needs to spend. And so then they kind of shopped him around. I think it was uh, the Panthers didn't really want him. The Falcons didn't really want him. And then ultimately he ended up getting a big contract. Usually when you have these guys sign these big contracts, what happens? They start to fall off. They seem to get hurt. I've been waiting all year. I have the Ravens at 20 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I'm just waiting to see what happens. I am on high alert. McLean, who joins us later uh, in less than an hour, he, he picked Baltimore to win. The Super Bowl. He's got them there, too. Yeah, they're the only ones I bet. I, I usually don't bet a lot of futures bets. This was one that I thought the odds were severely off. It went from 20 to 1 to about 12 to 1 before the season started. So I knew I had a good number in pocket. But again, I have yet to see a year where I've been fully impressed with Lamar. They have had a couple of ugly losses this year, uh, most namely the Colts in Baltimore in overtime. And, you know, that fourth quarter has kind of seemed to come back to bite them. Not yesterday. That was a, the easiest no-sweat winner as an outright underdog I probably had in a month. So Baltimore, I think Lamar Jackson will win it because I, the schedule is going to be in his favor. The schedule was lined up for Jalen Hurts, honestly, because he had uh, back-to-back games against San Francisco and Dallas, and they went through a stretch where they were playing really good teams. Philly did. Um, they played Dallas and San Francisco coming, those teams coming off of 10 day rest periods. Meanwhile, short weeks for, for Philly, but nonetheless, um, 
you play against the uh, opponent that's going to be on the national stage, you're going to get the momentum. This week, Baltimore's going to Miami. Miami's going to Baltimore. So Miami's visiting Baltimore. That's, I mean, that's a stage for Lamar Jackson that's perfect for him. Not just to, he's claimed the head-to-head matchup against Purdy. Now he gets to do it against Tua and uh, a Miami team that's coming off of a win against Dallas. And, you know, Dak Prescott three weeks ago was the odds-on favorite to win MVP. Now it's Lamar Jackson. And I, I mean, they are really hitting their stride at the right time. I, they, I just feel like they have been that team all season long. They've been favored in almost every single spot with the exception of last night. Yes. And then one other. They're a four-point favorite this week at home. I'll tell you this. We spoke about how there really wasn't a lot of home field advantage. Baltimore, been to a, I went to a game there last year. They are They can get pretty rowdy there in the cold. And I haven't checked the weather report yet. Obviously, it's unseasonably warm on the East Coast and the North Northeast Coast right now. But if it happens to get cold, we know how Miami does uh, when they have to travel it's, north. It's uh, 50 degrees for a high. Okay. No so rain. Beautiful football weather, in other words. Yeah, it's set up, it's set up for Miami, really. Yeah. The elements will be in their favor. Uh, I... Miami winning against Dallas changes my perception uh, a bit about the playing well against good opponents and not beating up on you know their own division or uh, playing teams less than 500. Uh, their schedule's their schedule. I like kind of the... I mean, Tua's kind of pissed off for greatness. You know, like, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He I think does. Lamar does too. Yes. Um, and it is a... a two, two coaches that... I mean, I don't hear John Harbaugh's name mentioned. Ever. Uh, Mike McDaniel's name isn't mentioned. Whenever you talk about the best coaches, it's Andy Reid. Uh, Sirianni's mentioned in Philly. It, there are a few others. But if you're mentioning those guys' names, it's about fifth, sixth, seventh down the line. I I like what they've done. The, the, the team trusts them. They clearly are just more a part of the locker room than just uh, the, the boss, quote-unquote. And Harbaugh's been there forever, and they've given Lamar the reins. It hasn't been a great offense, but they're hitting their stride perfectly, and he's protecting the football for the most part. Yeah, this could be a preview of the AFC Championship game. Absolutely. It could be. Depending on, you know, again, both of these guys staying healthy is not something we've seen in the past. So if they both stay healthy, I think this could be a really fun playoffs for both of them. I want to see what happens to Miami's Super Bowl odds if they pull off back-to-back wins against Dallas and Baltimore. Because, again, the hit on them has been, well, prove it against a team that's actually going to be in the postseason. They would be doing that with one week to play in the regular season. That would be, like, I, if their odds are lower than expected right now, maybe eight, you, you eight to one. throw they're some on it. They're currently 8-1. to one. Eagles are also 8-1. to one. Chiefs are 9-1. to one. Bills also 8-1. to one. So it kind of really... It's about a six-horse race there. I mean, right now the Ravens moved into the odds-on favorites. They're plus 350. And the Niners took a step back here. Oh, I lied. Niners still the odds-on favorite plus 225. I, I, I buy that. The three-game slide by San Francisco earlier this year. Everyone's hopping off the Purdy bandwagon. This four-interception performance, everyone's going to hop off again. No one was talking anything about Purdy in between that three-game slide, and last night. It was all, Purdy's the odds-on favorite for MVP. There, there was no negative discussion, even though everyone's saying, no, he's not elite. Well, he's not elite. He's not the, the, the best quarterback in the NFL. Is he the most valuable player? I don't think he's the most valuable player. But 
He's on a team but that that's dominates. But that's not how they vote. I know. They, We've seen it in the past. The quarterback of the most dominant team it's is getting just, it. It's just who always gets it. Aaron Rodgers wins MVP, what, back-to-back years? Right. And his team barely made it past week one of the playoffs. Right. I mean, those things don't really matter. But with Lamar, I do think his value to that team is oh, unparalleled. Absolutely. That's just and, true and, most valuable and player. And to be able to show how likely stepped in in absence of Mark Andrews. Yeah. I mean, this team is, you lose one of your best players, uh, or like, you know, one of your best receivers, even yes. though he's a tight end. It's it's a hard thing to do. And obviously there's a rapport there with multiple guys. Well, they've lost, they've lost J.K. Dobbins and then um, their, their top running back a week and a half ago, they lost for the season. But it's still... It's still the show of Lamar Jackson. Here's what I think is going to hurt the 49ers, and you nailed it earlier. N- this week, they're double-digit favorites on the road to the Commanders. Okay. And albeit, I thought the Commanders were dead in the water yesterday. I, my buddy, how did they pull that off? I, uh, or two days ago. That's how <laughs> yeah. so. That's how mesmerized I was by it. I forgot it was two days ago. I looked down and it was. They were down 23 to 3, I think. You know, because you got the red zone on, you got your games yeah. you actually care about. I did not care about that game for one second. Well, I, did Jets, not, yeah. I did not talk about it on one show last week because that's how uneventful it was going to be. I bet if I went back and watched, that's probably one of the greatest comebacks I would have ever seen. And I just completely discredited that team and thought they quit. And then the 49ers play the Rams, and the Rams are kind of sneaky. Matthew Stafford, we'll get to him uh, maybe here a yeah. little bit later on as well. I do think that is a detriment, unfortunately, for the 49ers, is that they do play the Commanders this week and the Dolphins and the the Ravens play each other. And then next week, obviously, the Ravens play the Steelers, uh, which will be fun with Mason Rudolph. Seattle gets their second game-winning drive. That's the the back-to-back weeks of game-winning drives. Two different quarterbacks. Drew Locke did it against Philly. And this past Sunday, Geno Smith does it against the Titans. They're now eight and seven. They play a schedule coming up. I believe Arizona, and there's one other bad team that's on this list. Uh, they have the opportunity to finish with 10 wins. Do you view them as a team that's getting hot at the right time? Going into the postseason, they're going to be playing on the road. I'm not buying them. They, they are stuck in the mud in many cases. Their defense is, well... You want to talk about a, a secondary you can throw against. Yeah, the, Legi- the Legion of Boom is no longer. No, it's not there. But I also believe that Geno Smith isn't that guy. No. I think he's in line to be on a different roster uh, next season. They've got an out in his contract. I know he signed the extension to begin uh, this offseason, this past offseason. There's an out after this year. And I don't think he's the, the wave of the future in Seattle. I'm not saying Drew Locke is either. I don't believe that. But I don't, I don't view Seattle as a team that's going to go the long, hard way through the road path to be this playoff, you know, Cinderella. We, however, however, they will get some hype if they reach the 10-win mark and they go on this four-game winning streak. Yeah, four games. Uh, five games now. And, and hypothetically, five-game winning streak, and they'll be the hot team going into the postseason. They're not that group. Even though, in the clutch, they have done this twice against the Titans and more importantly against Philadelphia. More importantly, the Titans covered their teaser for me because I would have not Congrats. been a very happy girl. Uh, I didn't understand all the Seattle on the road love, but they got bet up quickly. And that was probably because Geno Smith was announced that he was going to play. I threw a fit on, uh, we now call it X, 
last Monday night because yes. I had uh, I had Seattle plus three and a half at home. And then there's Gino out there warming up. Okay, I got great info. Boom, Drew Locke. And as a, as a former Broncos fan, and I say former uh, because I haven't really cheered for them since Peyton Manning left. Because they're, they weren't good. Yeah, they're still not good. And that's a whole nother issue within itself. Uh, but my problem is here is I don't think it's Geno. I don't think it's Drew Locke. But I do think Pete Carroll deserves to be on that list we talked about, about how certain coaches don't get enough credit. Okay. Let's discuss uh, Coach of the Year coming up. And we'll, we'll start with Cleveland, Stefanski, and Joe Flacco, comeback player of the year, a guy who wasn't on a team until week 13. We'll tell you those odds, and we'll tell you the odds on favorite, which, I mean, it should be Flacco or Baker and not the safety. That's next. The new and improved Outkick store is up and running. You can head over to Outkick.com. It's shop.outkick.com. Golf polos, t-shirts, hats, and more. Plenty of merch. It's in the store. Shop.outkick.com. Dot com. Kelly? Yeah, I think I need that hat. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'm sure they can get that for you. Okay. Order whatever you want. <laughs> Just text Clay. Clay, can you put in an order for me? Yeah. I mean, Clay at one point was having, like, shirts made every week. Like, yeah, but now he's got good so, quality. Those so are, much merch. Those aren't just regular golf oh, this, polos. Oh, those are Travis Matthew golf polos. Yeah, legit. Yeah, I mean, we've... And the only reason I mean, why I care is because they now have a women's line. I found that out the other day when I went oh, really? Christmas shopping. Yeah, very excited. So you'll have some dude's name on your shirt or whatever, hypothetically? You'll have Travis I Matthew? I mean, you'll have a TM. But I was, I've been wearing right. their hats forever, so it's no different. Yeah, well, I, so Chad and I discuss this every now and then, like... We're against the whole jersey thing, like putting some guy's name on the back of, you know. Like, I know a lot of men that are. Um, I also don't necessarily like having just the full name of whatever, you know. Like, if you go back to my high school photos, a lot of what I had was like Polo Ralph Lauren. You weren't the Ralph guy that Lauren. had Abercrombie? Oh, no. Well, I had Abercrombie. I had uh, Polo Ralph Lauren. I had, uh, let's see, um, who are the other ones? Tommy Hilfiger. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. But now I'm just like. Please don't give me anything with some person's name on it. Yeah, but the glanced. TM logo is very. I was looking because it is a logo. But this still. is just cricket. Like you, whatever. It that is a means. logo. Yeah. But they don't make anything without a logo on it anymore. Pretty much, I would agree. There's a, some like on whether I'm it's on like the guys side or shirts. Like it's hard to find just a plain, nice quality shirt, versatile shirt. You can find a t-shirt. You can find a long sleeve tee or whatever, a sweatshirt, but nothing great. A suit, I guess. If only I was into fashion design. Well, same. I, I'm like you. I, unlike you, I don't have a stylist. Like you, I need one, I guess. Fair enough. So, I'll give you your information. Uh, plenty. Thank you. Plenty of uh, reason to uh, buy into Joe Flacco. Incredible what they're doing in Cleveland. It's the fourth starting quarterback for Kevin Stefanski, who is on his way to be coach of the year. I think it's him or Dan Campbell probably which we'll hit on. But comeback player of the year? This is an incredible story. Baker Mayfield in Tampa is doing unbelievable in terms of expectation versus result. And to a point where he may get a, uh, another contract, a contract extension after a one-year deal. And I mean, he's putting up numbers. The Bucks are winning. Great. So is Cleveland with Joe Flacco, who's sitting on the couch, 
who the New York Jets didn't even want to bring back. And now they're not just winning. They're going on the road and winning games against other playoff contenders, most recently Houston. This is a defensive-led team, a very well-coached team by Stefanski this year. And now the veteran who has thrown for three, three different times now over 300 yards passing. It's not like they're turning around and handing the football off every play. They're throwing the football, in some cases, 40-plus times. And it's Joe Flacco who was quarterbacking the Cleveland Browns, not Deshaun Watson, if you just looked at a stat sheet and said, okay, here's Cleveland and here's their quarterback play. Flacco, 11 years ago, in the postseason, he becomes the Super Bowl MVP. 11 touchdown passes, no interceptions. Goes on to win the MVP. Kelly, week 13 of this year, 11 years later, he's now the starting quarterback. He has, there's no way they're giving it up after his recent play. And, I mean, there's an award with his name on it, isn't there? I mean, there should be. That's, that's the caveat. They're the five seed currently. We were talking about this during the break. Is this a feel-good award, right? And I asked... Comeback player of the year. Yep, and I asked one of the guys over that's far smarter than me on the left to use the good old Google machine. Was I it, said, did it... Colin, Ryan, or Tyler? Any of the it three? It was Colin. I'll give him some credit. I said, hey... They're all, all three are better and smarter than me. Did, did Alex Smith win it the year after he broke his leg? He said, actually, two years, because it was right, he was out for a year. I said, then that's fine. If we want it to be a feel-good type of award, it can be. But I'm just going to throw this out there. Joe Flacco, three yep. and one since... He took over in Cleveland, 1,307 yards, 300 yards in the last three games. I mean, he was plus two, 25,000. He was plus 25,000. That was five weeks ago. That's crazy. Then he was 60 to one when they beat the Jaguars. Okay. Then 12 to one after beating the Bears. Now he's plus 450. He was 27 of 42. 368 yards, three touchdowns over the Texans. I had to look this up because I have not been really involved in very many Browns games this year. Yep. This is a team that I have not had a good read on, and mainly because of the quarterback carousel. I am now kicking myself going, what was I thinking? And they weren't winning early because the, of Watson. And they weren't. Here's kind of the, the question, right? So then you mentioned Baker Mayfield. He's currently sitting at 8-1 to one, and what he's been able to do in Tampa I live just south of there. I was kind of questioning Todd Bowles early in the season, yes. being defensive-minded. This team is playing much better. Matthew Stafford, 15-1. to 1. Tua, who we've already spoken about several times on today's show, 15-1. to 1. That is the top five. But DeMar Hamlin, still minus 425. He's played, he's played two series this year. Two ser he's, been, he's been activated for five games, played two series. That's fine. If this is a feel-good award... We can make it feel good, and we can give it to him. But he's not comeback player of the year. The, and I, I, the, the, way, he's, the way his recovery uh, and the timetable is incredible. Absolutely. Versus what we saw on Monday Night Football in the second to last week of last season. Um, comeback player of the year, though, is whatever you want it to make it, it, whatever you need it to be for your vote. There is no criteria because Geno Smith won it last year, and it wasn't because he's coming off a, a, an injury. He just... Geno Smith was great last year in Seattle. Correct. Uh, the other example would be Michael Vick. Michael Vick gets out of prison, ends up in Philly. Yeah. And we see what happened there. He won comeback player of the year that year. Uh, however, it is primarily comeback player of the year off of injury. 
And so Joe Burrow has won this award in 2021. Alex Smith, who you mentioned, Ryan Tannehill, uh, who's comeback player of the year. That was the year where he came in and uh, for, for Mariota and off the trade from Miami and the, the rest is history there, became the franchise quarterback for Tennessee. Andrew Luck, Keenan Allen, Jordy Nelson, Eric Berry. There are many players that I've just listed coming off of injury. It's primarily the injury award follow-up. But in many cases, it's not always just the player off of injury. It is, though, when there's a feel-good story to it, and that has been DeMar Hamlin. I haven't really... that The story itself, though, hasn't been a massive storyline after he made his appearance earlier this year um, in, in a... actually returned to practice, but then also appeared in the game. But Kelly, it's, it, it makes sense, but it doesn't that it goes to DeMar Hamlin based on how massive of a story it is. But with the quarterback play, what it is and what Cleveland's been able to do on their fourth, the question I would ask is, does the, does the voting body, do they split the vote and it becomes the Fansky coach of the year and Hamlin comeback player of the year and not Flacco Stefanski Not. currently 10 to 1 to okay. win coach of the year. Dan Campbell uh, is the odds on favorite. D'Amico Ryan's 3 to 1. Uh, Mike McDaniel, 6 to 1, is an interesting one. I would have thought he had a little more, you know, push. So, based there. on those odds, I would say if Stefanski ends up climbing the ladder on the odds, it's because of Flacco. I mean, they lose, they lose Chubb. That, yeah. Deshaun Watson is I mean, in and have, out with a shoulder, but again, like, not good. Um, uh, primarily uh, just turning the football over, very inconsistent, not just uh, play-to-play, but game-to-game, quarter-to-quarter, half-to-half. With his last game, his second half was awesome, but he ends up going out for the year with a shoulder. I I lean towards it being Flacco with the storyline of Cleveland because right now you're watching what happened in Pittsburgh where uh, Pickett, it looks as though Mason Rudolph, I believe, is in line to be the starter. Yes. Um, if Pickett's not ready. But based on what they've done without Pickett, winning that game this past week against Cincinnati, should they even I don't consider think, Pickett I don't again? think you rush Pickett back out there no, at this point. No, And then, so, but the, the drop off, the decline there, uh, Cincinnati, uh, we, we saw them hit a wall with Browning. But meanwhile, fourth quarterback in Cleveland, with that defense and what they're doing, Kelly, I... It's an incredible story for a guy who's, what, 39 years old (laughs) and the New York Jets didn't even want to bring in uh, who they actually traded for two years ago. It has been really interesting because if you asked me what team Joe Flacco played for, like week three, (laughs) I would have lost that bet. These are not not things on the depth chart that I pay attention to. You kind of look at one, you look at two, you you figure out some drop-off points, and you have to kind of – keep going as the season progresses. But I remember when my buddy, who's a big Browns fan, put in the group chat something crazy like Joe Flacco, you know, just going nuts. And I'm going, Joe Flacco, what are we doing here? Are we that far down, you know, in the injury list? And he has definitely made me uh, feel really bad because he has completely silenced myself and anybody else who had any doubts that he was still able to play. Last uh, five Comeback Player of the Year awards have been quarterbacks. That does help the odds. Let's see. Luck, Tannehill, And I don't Smith, believe Burrow, it's Gino. the last time it was a defensive player uh, was 2000, Joe Johnson from the New Orleans. It's been that long? Uh, the New Orleans Saints, yeah. The, what we witnessed, though, 
on national television with DeMar Hamlin going down in, uh, in Cincinnati, give, it's hard for me to say that he's not comeback player of the year based on the fact he came back, what, six months later? And he's in pads and camp. Now, he was, on the, he was a practice squad player last year, too, primarily. That's fair. Uh, and he, it, with the new rule where you could call two players up from practice squad, they immediately go back. He's been in that role and I think, even prior to uh, seeing him play last year. He was that guy last year just like he is this year. And I would agree. So for me, as somebody who doesn't go down that far of the depth chart, right? Right. It's not paying that close of attention. I didn't know that until you just told me. He's like a me. third safety. That makes sense. But they, were, they got So that would, that would also be why he hasn't seen the field maybe as much this right, year. Right, right. But they, I mean, do I think that they gave him a roster spot early on because of his background? Yes. Like the whole story of it. But he had, he had been a part of the organization in the same role. It's not like because of the, uh, the heart attack that he was then just a practice squad guy, right? So we'll see. It's an incredible story, but the, the whole quarterback saga and what Flacco's done. And Baker, too. Baker Mayfield, I, I don't trust Baker Mayfield. How can you? I'm starting to. I, you, you know who I'm Baker reminds to. me of? Okay, so I compare Josh Allen to Brett Favre before everybody okay. on the talking head circuit did, like maybe week five. Because you're just gunslinger. What, yes, what are you going to get? It's almost like Baker Mayfield, how he's been playing over like the last five or six weeks, is almost like Brett Favre White. It, it's not, he's not the same style of player, but he is making those just absolute plays. You. When I, I catch the highlights of him, I'm going, that was Baker? He's scrambling. He is playing like a guy on a one-year contract. He is a guy right now, a man on a mission, playing to get either re-signed by the Bucks or picked up by somebody else. Yeah, if I'm if Tampa's winning just enough games to be picking in the middle of the first round, you know, like just like the rest of that division. Um, yeah, I'm bringing him back. Now, but here's the issue. They did not extend Mike Evans. Right, and we knew that was kind of coming. And Mike's not very happy in Tampa. And he, but he could. I mean, what is he? Nine straight one thousand yard seasons now. Is it yeah. more than that now? I but, mean, without Mike Evans, what is Baker Mayfield? That's the other question I would have. Well, and that's kind of the caveat here it, is to say, what is is can, Baker? We've seen he cannot be just plug and play in any offense. He's not that guy, right? Where I think a Patrick Mahomes is. Right. Where I think. Some of these other guys. It is a stopgap type move. You have you have guys that are that are playmakers. You have guys that are system guys. You have guys that we've spoken about earlier that are game managers, right? Yes. I think Baker is kind of in that gray area where we've seen him do well in spots where he is allowed to kind of make the call, if that makes sense. He's allowed yeah. to call the audible. And here's what he's doing in Tampa. He's leading. Correct. And he did not do that in Cleveland. Nope. He wasn't there long enough in Carolina. It's almost like they trust him in Tampa, and I don't know how he got to earn that trust so quickly. He's he's done. He's he, he must have done different things behind the scenes because in the Cleveland locker room they weren't saying the same things post game about what Baker's doing now in Tampa. Coming up, big money for Jim Harbaugh. 